It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. We welcome you. It is episode number 199 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. I appreciate your patience. Sorry it's been a couple of days since we've been able to get together from episode number 198. Uh, But sometimes that happens in life. There's a lot going on, uh, a lot of other responsibilities that I have to kind of split my time with uh, and um, trying to ramp up as we approach now less than one month from the NFL draft. Uh, which will come up from Nashville at the end of April, of course. And with free agency kind of dying down a little bit, and now the owners' meetings kind of coming to a close and some other things going on, uh, there's always news with the Washington Redskins. Uh, It's just a matter of uh, trying to make it all kind of balance out. So away we go. And we'll start this episode with something that was quite honestly unplanned, but... We'll start it because it's interesting and very juicy news, I guess, is the best way to put it. And that is on Monday morning, as I record this, um, just after 8 o'clock Eastern time, and you may listen to this and a decision has already been made one way or the other, uh, but we will react to that as soon as we have word on that. But on Monday morning, it became known via Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, that Kenny Britt is visiting with the Redskins. Veteran receiver, of course, last played with the New England Patriots, also with the Cleveland Browns, formerly a draft pick of the Tennessee Titans, I think a mid-second round pick. He also played with the Rams. And as Rappaport noted at Rap Sheet, that was the year that Case Keenum was their starter. And... Keenum is the expected, expected starter in Washington. Now, again, we all know that there will be a battle between Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. You understand that. But the bottom line is this. It is a really interesting fit that, you know, the Redskins would kind of look in this regard, to try and solve their receiver issue. Now, a couple of things that come to mind uh, here, and this is via my pal Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. He notes, Britt, 30 years old, of course, did not play last year, and had that really good year back in 2016 with the Los Angeles Rams um, when he reeled in 68 passes for 1,002 yards and five touchdowns. 6'3", 200 and 30 pounds, right? So, look, Kenny Britt has always been a guy that can be productive um, when he's healthy. The problem is he hasn't been healthy a whole lot in his NFL career, uh, and he's had some 
off-field issues in terms of uh, staying away from the bad stuff. Again, he was actually the 30th overall pick, so he was a late first rounder. I thought he was an early second rounder. He was a 30th overall pick uh, way back in um, uh, in, in uh, 2009. He started with the Tennessee Titans. In his five years with the Titans, he only played in 57 games. You know, here's the thing. I mean... Injuries happen, obviously, in football, but Kenny Britt also was sort of destructive to his own career. Um, So he had some problems there, and again, productive while playing, but he didn't play a whole lot. 15.6 yards per reception and 19 touchdowns for the Tennessee Titans during his five years, and again, that was 30 starts, 57 games, uh, and... 2,450 receiving yards. You know, again, 500, 600 yards per game, per year on average, whatever it was. Again, he didn't play a lot. That was the problem. There was 2011, three games. 2012, he only played in 14 games, started 11. He, uh, in 2013, played in 12, started three. And then there were a couple of years with the St. Louis Rams, and I said Los Angeles, where he played in all 16 games, a couple of years, in 2014 and 2015. And then 2016, he was with the Rams as they moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles, and he played uh, all 15 games. Or I, I should say he played 15 out of 15. And that's the year that he had 68 catches, 1,002 yards, 14.7 yards per reception, five touchdowns, uh, and a long of 66. That was the year with Case Keenum. So again, he was with the Rams in 2014, played all 16 games, started 13, 15.6 yards per reception, 748 yards total. With the Rams in 2015, played all 16 games, started 14, 36 catches, 681 yards, 18.9 per reception with three touchdowns. Rams, first year in L.A., 15 games, 68 catches, 1,002 yards, 14.7 yards per reception, and the five scores. Then, in 2017, he was with the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. He signs a pretty big deal with the Cleveland Browns, plays in nine games with them, starts only four. It was a disaster kind of behind the scenes. Catches only 18 balls on 38 targets, 233. Uh, yards total 12.9 per reception Dud did have a couple of scores to be fair uh, so you had that and then he goes to New England where everybody seems to kind of revitalize their career outside of Albert Hainsworth and he played three games targeted five times caught two passes 11.5 per reception and no scores. And then New England lets him go at the end of that year. And again, he only played 12 games total in 2017, and then he doesn't play at all in 2018. So what you have here is a guy that, look, can be productive when he's in the right situation. 
he can help you and he can basically be a better version of what Michael Floyd was for the Redskins last year, right? A veteran receiver at the age of 30 who has certainly been productive, who certainly has a big body at 6'3", 230 pounds. Oh, by the way, he was born on September the 19th, which is my birthday, so that automatically makes him all right. But he was good last in 2016. It's now 2019. So I quipped on Twitter, as is my normal sarcastic self, I quipped, you know, I wanted the Redskins to sign Kenny Britt that was about four years ago. Eh, maybe I was off by a year. Maybe it was three years ago, but you get the point. Back when Kenny Britt was 27 years old and putting up a 1,000-yard season, that would have been the time to strike. Now, as it turned out, he went to Cleveland. Cleveland overpaid for him. It didn't work out, so maybe that was a smart move by the Redskins, not doing that. But maybe it wasn't because maybe with Kirk Cousins at the time, he would have been pretty productive, i.e. that last year of Kirk Cousins with the Washington Redskins. So we're talking 2017. You let Pierre Garçon go. You let Deshaun Jackson go. You have Kirk Cousins again on a franchise tag. You don't have any veteran receivers. It would have been perfect timing to bring in Kenny Britt. Bruce Allen didn't want to do it. Probably too expensive. So now Bruce Allen is going to go park in basement shopping for a 30-year-old receiver who's had some issues off the field who's had plenty of injuries, whose body, yes, theoretically could be healed. He also could be rusty, as you know what, because he hadn't played in a year plus. Uh, Good luck, is what I would say. Um, You know, again, nobody would deny that you're going to get value financially. Nobody would deny that Kenny Britt has been successful at times. Here's what you can deny. This is not the true way, unless you catch lightning in a bottle like they did with Adrian Peterson, to improve your offense, which desperately needs improvement. Again, remember, no Jamison Crowder, no Maurice Harris. Yes, they did bring bring back Adrian Peterson. They lost Ty Antecki on the offensive line. Their offense, which was subpar to begin with, has only got worse this offseason. It hasn't gotten better. Of course, you do have the draft. Nobody would argue that Kenny Britt couldn't help you potentially. Anybody that's counting on Kenny Britt to be a big play factor and a big part of the offense to make it better, good luck is what I would say. Good luck. All right, so Kenny Britt visiting with the Washington Redskins, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Interesting, interesting combination. And only the Redskins could really do this, right? Think that we're going to lose – All these guys in free agency, Crowder, Maurice Harris, not that Maurice Harris was anything that special, have Paul Richardson coming off of basically a season-crippling injury, have Josh Doxson in the final year of his contract, and uh, let's call it what it is. Josh Doxson has been nothing but a disappointment overall. And have Trey Quinn, who can't stay on the field but dances in the end zone like uh, he's uh, the the dude from the office – Uh, because he scores one touchdown. He can't stay on the field, but he did a nice touchdown dance. Only the Redskins would think, hmm, let's go out and find a 30-year-old, oft-injured, formally suspended wide receiver who hasn't played in a year and a half. (laughs) I mean, I don't make this stuff up, guys. I'm critical, 
I don't make this stuff up. All right, so Kenny Britt visiting with the Washington Redskins, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, uh, on this Monday. We'll see where that goes from there. When we come back, we'll start getting you ready for the NFL draft. I've got all my draft guides. We'll start picking through position by position. Uh, We'll start, of course, with the quarterbacks and give you some numbers you need to know and some profile looks at all of these top guys as the Redskins are definitely in the quarterback market, as they should be, as we've talked about over and over again here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. Uh, It is episode number 199. I'm Chris Russell. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, we are back. It is episode number 199 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Uh, Once again, I am your host, Chris Russell. You can follow along at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins. Don't forget, at Locked On NFL Net has all of your Twitter and Instagram coverage, Twitter and Instagram, at Locked on NFL Net for all sorts of NFL team coverage from all 32 teams from all around the country, from all of our local podcast hosts covering each of your favorite NFL teams. And also, you can get the Locked on Redskins podcast on the brand new podcasting app. It's called Himalaya. As well, you can also get it at Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Also, when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. There you go. All right, so we start breaking down analytically the quarterback position this way. I have a couple of NFL draft guides. I'm going to lean heavily on them because these people have done all of this great work and I might as well use it, right? Because they've done more work on it than I have. They have more data than I have. So it's only fair to you to pass this along uh, in audio fashion. Uh, The first, and basically I'm going to use two books this year uh, and they're kind of or two guides, I should say. One is Pro Football Focus, of course, and their great NFL draft guide. The other is a new uh, comprehensive scouting and, um, I guess, addition to an already crowded market, but it's called the SIS, Sports Info Solutions Football Rookie Handbook. Now, I've long followed Sports Info Solutions for baseball and for football nuggets uh, and for all sorts of Uh, Again, information and numbers and statistics that are really cool and unique and uh, interesting to me. Uh, And they put out an NFL draft guide this year. Uh, Again, for the first time, they have a couple of former NFL scouts that are working uh, in their office that put this together. So I'm going to trust them. I'm going to believe in them. And I'm going to say, you know what? Uh, Everybody can have differing opinions. Everyone can have different viewpoints. Everyone can have different evaluations of players. This is far, 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 far from a perfect process. I'm going to trust these guys as much as I'm going to trust the ones that have the bigger names, i.e. Mel Kuyper Jr., even Todd McShay, uh, and 
you know, all sorts of different draft analysts that get so much run at this time of the year, Dane Brugler uh, of, of The Athletic and, and uh, you know, just the different people that do this stuff, uh, and they're all, I, I respect them all. I, I understand how incredibly, incredibly difficult the job is, uh, but I'm going to pass this information along to you, and you can use it any way you want. But we'll be constantly, over the next month and a half, as we then not only build you up to the draft, but also rewind on the draft, be referring to Sports Info Solutions and Pro Football Focus's draft guide uh, as a main source of our evaluation when it comes to these players. So let's get into it so we don't waste any time. They use a one through nine uh, scale uh, grading to Sports Info Solution one, meaning a reject, meaning a really bad player, like do not draft him, and nine, meaning a rare, rare grade or a rare grade uh, for a player. So um, that's in terms of their individual components. Now, as opposed to, say, like their quarterback grading scale, a 9.0 to a 7.0, so again, along the lines of what we're just talking about, 1 through 9, a 9.0 to 7.0, they define as a Pro Bowl-level player and a difference maker. It's a pretty wide gap. Then they start going and breaking it down very, very, very tightly. 6.9 to 6.7, strong starter, one of the reasons you win. 6.6 to 6.5, sufficient starter, you can win with him. 6.4 to 6.2, circumstantial starter or high-quality backup. And then they go down to a 5.7, again, not much grade variance. A 5.7, or I guess below, is a third string or practice squad candidate. So let's start with their quarterback rankings for Sports Info Solutions and their first football rookie handbook, uh, which again, you know, I, I went out and bought, uh, and I think it's a, a really good guide based on what I've been able to read uh, through it so far and kind of pouring over it, uh, and as I try and convey the information to you. Overall, their quarterback rankings had Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State as the number one quarterback in their quarterback rankings. Uh, I don't disagree with that, quite honestly. I've, I've thought that for uh, at least a month now. I've said that on the radio. I've said that here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast when the Redskins were in Columbus. I think Dwayne Haskins is the best and most pro-ready quarterback. They graded him a 6.8. A 6.8 overall is, again, just so we're strong, a strong starter, one of the reasons you win. They gave nobody in this quarterback class, including Kyler Murray, who also got a 6.8, they gave nobody a grade ahead of 6.8, and therefore nobody gets a designation of anything more than a strong starter and one of the reasons you win. So, i.e., in their analytical perspective, nobody that is a Pro Bowl-level player and a difference maker. And, of course, when we're talking about that, we're thinking Peyton Manning, we're thinking Tom Brady, we're thinking uh, Ben Roethlisberger, we're thinking uh, way back in the past, John Elway, Brett Favre, that type of player. So away we go. Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray at the top, 6.8. Daniel Jones of Duke gets a 6.5. Uh, that's certainly a guy that uh, there's a wide variance of opinion on Ryan Finley out of NC State gets a 6.4. Now, again, when we get to 6.4, 
right? 6.5 for Jones is sufficient starter you can win with him. That means you got to surround him with a bunch of talent, uh, as you do, everybody. Um, but a lot of things have to break right. Finley, down to a 6-4, that's already the circumstantial starter or high-quality backup category. Uh, that's also the same grade they gave for Will Greer. Drew Locke of Missouri with the cannon arm and some pretty good mobility but inconsistency in a lot of different ways out of Missouri. And he's been connected to the Redskins, reportedly, a 6-3. Again, a 6-3 circumstantial starter or high-quality backup. Jared Stidham uh, out of Auburn, 6-3 as well. Brett Rippon, a 6-3. I heard our buddy Mark Schofield, who does the Locked On Patriots podcast and who really does a lot of work uh, with uh, quarterbacks and quarterback evaluation. We have to get him on. We have to hook up. I, I know we uh, discussed a couple of things, and then I lost track of that. Uh, he said he's willing to stand on the table for Brett Rippon. And also, oh, by the way, Brett Rippon, uh, the nephew of Mark Rippon. Of course, you might remember him uh, as a Redskins fan for something he did in the Super Bowl when the Redskins were a really, really, really proud franchise. Gardner Minshew uh, also gets a 6-3, and then you start going down the list uh, to guys and ending with Trace McSorley, a 5-8, a 5-8, which is a grade of a backup with limited upside at a Penn State. And the reason why we bring up Trace McSorley is because he grew up in the shadows of Redskins Park. Uh, from Loudoun County, Virginia, and listen, he's a winner, and he's got some intangibles, and I think he can be maybe a smaller version of what Taysom Hill is and has turned out to be for New Orleans, meaning a guy who can't play the quarterback position, who's listed as a quarterback, who clearly is more of a gadget-type player and weapon, who's going to have to make his hay on special teams, trick plays, and learning an NFL offense and mastering it and being super, super accurate because he just doesn't have the physical skills, nor does he have the size or anything like that. So, again, that's Trace McSorley out of Penn State, but somebody who grew up in the shadows of Redskins Park. And don't discount that because the Redskins – uh, seemingly are very, very, very into uh, players that have an affinity for the Redskins, that are connected to the geographical area, uh, that grew up in certain places. Do not discount a guy like Trace McSorley being considered in the back, back, back of the NFL draft. All right, so let's get you something on Dwayne Haskins, the number one quarterback. And again, the Redskins uh, reportedly have a lot of interest in him. Jason LaConfora talked about trading up to number three to get him. Again, I think that's absurd. I don't think they should do that. Um, to me, that would be crazy. But Bruce Allen, uh, Jay Gruden, uh, and um, uh, and quarterback coach Kevin O'Connell were there in Columbus, Ohio, about a week and a half ago to watch Dwayne Haskins work out. Uh, and certainly he impressed six foot two uh, and uh, change, 220. Uh, and he's, of course, from Potomac, Maryland. So again, there's that hometown ish connection, uh, of course, with the Redskins playing their home games at FedEx Field. Now, Sports Info Solutions lists him 
meaning Dwayne Haskins as a strong pocket passer with all the physical tools to be a starter at the next level, uh, but could elevate with even more consistent uh, footwork. Consistent footwork is not a major issue to me because that's what you get coached for. Uh, now, it, it could be a problem. It could be problematic. Um, but certainly you are going to get better at that the more work you get, the more reps you get, the more teaching you get, the more fundamentals you get, the more practice time you get. Remember, these guys are far from finished products when they're even at a football factory like Ohio State. In terms of experience, that would bother me a little bit, but Dwayne Haskins played at a very elite program at a very high level. Um you know, for Ohio State. Now, the the one problem is, is I, I think, um, you know, he doesn't have that tremendous mobility, but I think he can slide and move around in the pocket well enough. Uh, but if you're looking for a guy that's going to just run all over the place, which I don't want, by the way, that's not your guy. But Haskins, in one very kind of limited sample in 2017, completed 70.2% of his passes on 57 attempts, 40 completions. His really only full year as a starter at Ohio State, 374 for 534, completed 70% of his passes, 4,839 yards, of which 2348 were through the air. He had 9.1 yards per attempt, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and was sacked 20 times with a rating of 123.2. Now, again, that is a limited sample size, but you're playing at a football factory, and certainly there are elements of the Ohio State offense that every NFL team from that spread are using. The obvious I guess issue would be is is it a true West Coast pro st- no it's not so there will have to be some adjustments made from Dwayne Haskins and from Kevin O'Connell and Jay Gruden if somehow they were to land Dwayne Haskins via trade he's not going to last until 15 uh, the Redskins could be patient and see if they could jump ahead again of the Dolphins as we discussed uh, last week so that they trade up but they don't trade up and lose a bonanza of picks. But the bottom line is, is if you look at Dwayne Haskins, he puts up some really good numbers, again, in a limited sample size. He doesn't have the greatest mobility. He has a pretty strong arm. I think, again, his footwork is going to be a little bit of an issue in terms of consistency. His passing analytics are pretty good. Um, he's got a catchable percentage ball rate of 78.6 in the limited sample size in 2017, uh, and in 2018, again, the full sample size, 82.1%. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, an average throw depth of 7.9 yards, so not everything is at the line of scrimmage, not everything is dink and dunk, screen, screen, that type of thing. So... Again, if you're looking for a run-all-over-the-field type quarterback, Dwayne Haskins is not your guy. If you're looking for a pretty good decision-maker with good mobility inside the pocket, uh, with some inconsistent footwork that can be ironed out, um, but and, and put up big numbers in a big program with a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations, is reasonably accurate, seems like a smart kid, seems very mature, then Dwayne Haskins is your guy. 
then Dwayne Haskins is your guy with a big upside. Is he a Hall of Fame upside? No, probably not. Uh, and again, I, just for the record, I don't think the Redskins should go up to number three or four or five or six. I think they'll be tempted to. I do not think they should go up. All right, so that is a look at Dwayne Haskins, who certainly uh, the Redskins have some interest in uh, for sure. We'll come back. We'll put the icing on the cake. This is already a long edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast, but we wanted to bring uh, some of this analytical stuff to you, and we'll continue to do so. And we'll continue to revisit as we go through here. Uh, and again, this information courtesy of Sports Info Solutions. Thanks for being with us. Once again, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to the Locked On Redskins podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding uh, podcast world. You need... Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, we welcome you back to episode number 199 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we don't have enough time because of how long I went on Dwayne Haskins and setting up the Sports Info Solutions Draft Guide and the quarterback rankings and explaining all that, uh, along with the Kenny Britt visit and why that's not a great idea for the Washington Redskins, even though it's an understandable idea. We don't really have enough time for any more new content, so what we're going to do is we're going to shut this down, we're going to keep it at a reasonable length, and we're going to pump out uh, episode number 200 just as short and and as soon I should say uh, as we can with more of a focus on quarterback analytics uh, and information we'll finish up on Dwayne Haskins and then we'll get into other quarterback prospects as we go along so that's episode number 200 straight ahead thanks for being with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast adios if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the Locked On NFL scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.